y'all. Welcome to season six. Season six of This Most Unbelievable Life. I'm Sherry Spiegel. I'm Paul Fitzgerald. We're glad you're here. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Mm. Hey, Sherry, what's going on? I think you started the last one. <laughs> um, I like how you just like, I'm asking you a question, but also <laughs> it's my turn to start. It's my turn to start. Um, yeah. Uh, so what is going on? It is podcast Tuesday. Once again, this is podcast Tuesday for episode 71. Indeed. That's pretty remarkable. Yeah, I was talking to my mom earlier today, and she's like, what are you recording, episode 65? And I was like, no, ma'am. Nope. We're in the 70s now. We're in the 70s. Yeah, um, pretty cool. Pretty cool. I'm really excited uh-huh. about that. How are you today, Paul? I'm um, doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good, you know. Um, beautiful day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel weatherman Paul wanting to come to the fore and answer that question for it's me. It's been a it's while, a I day. think. Yeah, it's a beautiful day. It's kind of hot clear skies with some clouds wouldn't be surprised if we got some thunderstorms or something because it's hot and humid but we'll see i don't think there's anything in the forecast but um life goes thusly though so um yeah doing well good yeah no i when i last looked at the forecast it looked like there were some thunderstorms planned for thursday Mm -hmm. and what's funny about that to me is that we are planning on seeing one another in person on Thursday. Yeah, we're gonna and this will be the second time that we plan to get together where it's like, hey, we could go for a w- no, nope. we will not be going for no, a walk. Not. We <laughs> will be inside Paul and Sherry. <laughs> Getting thunderstormed at from the outside. Yeah. So. so, but I do love a well, and we don't have to go back to last week's episode about how uh, you know, the storms do give you a week off from or a day off yeah, from, from the garden. To water the garden. Yeah, but from the garden. That is I nice. love a summer storm. Yeah, that is nice. Um yeah, because we did we did talk about it a little bit. It's like nothing waters the garden quite like rain. It's like I could stand there for an hour with the hose and it's not gonna do nearly as good of a job as a as a good thunderstorm would. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So uh like by thunder- far, it's not even it's not even close. It's not yeah. even close, you know. Well, it's interesting because thunderstorms are good at what they're good at, right? Like yeah, good it's like at- they they know what they are. They have no reservations. They're very comfortable with mm-hmm. both the thundering and the storming. Yes. Uh-huh. And the lightning-ing, if yep. they're so called to do so. The drenching all the things. Yeah. And, they'll tell, and they'll tell you all about it without too much, uh, without too much beef. Right. Yeah. Well, I feel like I'm doing this awkward segue. That was an excellent like, intro. Right? Yeah, so thunderstorms are great at the one thing they're great at. And I bet if they tried to be something else, they would feel awkward. And yeah, yeah, awkward. They, it would feel like they were doing it imperfectly. Um, they might find a little impostering. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Um, and that is relevant, dear listeners, because this week, Paul and I tried to do something we hadn't done together or separately (laughs) or separately yeah yeah and that that might have been the rub right there yeah uh and how'd it go paul um it it, hindsight's a funny thing it's like in hindsight it's like we totally set ourselves up for failure here you know and before we get too far into it 
everything is fine. Nothing happened. It's good. You know, it's like there's no bad news or anything like that to say. Um, but it, uh, hindsight's curious. It's like, yeah, there's no way we're going to succeed at that unless we did at the time, and but we didn't. And then I would have been happy about it. But yeah, it was it was tough. We did a we did a thing. Do you want to talk about it or do you want to say yeah, what sure. it was? Well, well, so what I think is interesting is that for like, I don't know, almost two years now, we kind of have gotten in this pattern of um, we can just try whatever together. And like, we have this great, like, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. I think <laughs> yesterday we found out. I don't know. That's that's overblowing it, maybe. But uh, yeah, so Paul and Sherry tried to record a commercial and it went poorly. <laughs> Poor, we, we learned a lot. We did. Yeah, it's like, maybe I'll put it that it's like we learned like a lot, lot. Yeah. About it. Um, well, yeah, it was such an opportunity to learn and be like, oh, this is what we look like when we're frustrated. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it almost seems like we could talk about this in the context. It was like, what is the thing that that uh, we did to incur self-judgment this week? You know, it's like, <laughs> we came up with a good one. It, it's a new great one. And we were fantastic at it, right? And it was, it was uh, mm-hmm. you know, record a commercial. And the... It's like I haven't even gone back and listened to any of them yet, and mm-hmm. um, we, we'll get into the whole conversation. What was this commercial about? What did we do? <laughs> anyway, Why I almost feel so like hard? we should have uh, queued a few up and been like, "Let's take them one by one and see what we did wrong." See what we yeah do a little post mortem, you know, for the <laughs> for the podcast. Um, that would have been funny. Yeah, it's, it still might be. It still might be in the future on a future episode. Uh, it turns out that you and I uh, have precious little experience with recording a commercial for something and our first attempt was informative <laughs> it was it was and i think it's interesting because it kind of strikes at this thing that we know about ourselves separately but i don't think we've ever experienced it together which is yeah. that um like i'm pretty good at talking you up like i love like anyone who's been around me in the last couple of years knows that i'm really good at talking about how awesome paul is um vice versa I, yeah vice yeah versa. and yeah, i think versa. that you're you know you're not the worst at talking me up you occasionally do say kind things in my it's, direction it's easy to sing your praises to yes. any and all listeners right and so here we set out to record a commercial which is basically us advertising us and that felt gross <laughs> it did feel gross and i think we have talked a little bit about this maybe in the past but never in a deep dive kind of way it's like why is it so hard to tell people what you did it's like why is it so hard to self-promote i mean that's usually how it goes you know it's yeah. hard to self-promote how do you do it you know um and um why is it hard to ask somebody to support your product? Why is it hard to advertise something that you're trying to sell? Why is it so hard to um, to f- frame what it is that you're offering mm-hmm. and um, put it out there for the world to not even see, but it's like, or, or just like, just to know about, mm-hmm. just to know about. Cause it's like, we're not trying to talk somebody into something here. We're just like, hey, FYI, blah, 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 do this. Think yeah. about that. Go to this page and take a look, you know. Um, why is it so hard? Because it's like we've both said before in similar ways. The best way I think we've described it is that it just feels like gross. 
and yucky. Yeah. Yeah. It's gross and yucky. And it's interesting because like specifically what we were trying to record was like a short little snippet that would show up in the middle of one of our episodes that would basically just be like, hey, so if you're still listening, apparently you don't hate us. If you don't hate us, perhaps you might support us. Right? Like, yeah. that's all we were yeah, trying yeah. to do. But it was still like, like, um, and, you know, if I was talking to my students about this, you know, I would tell them, well, it's a new genre for you. Yeah. And when you're studying a new genre, you need to know, like, what's the tone and who's the audience. And, like, when we're talking on the podcast, we know eventually other people are going to listen to it. But when I'm talking right now, my primary audience is you. Paul. Right, 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 right. But, like, we were all tripped up, like, wait, do we talk to each other? Do we talk yeah, to the Yeah, we're talking to each other? Are we talking to the listeners? Who are we? You know, should it be jovial? Should it be super serious? Like, oh, it's just so weird. Yeah, we uncovered a lot. Um, and uh, I was thinking about it. Like, I keep going back to this hindsight thing. Um, it, it's like, well, have we ever done this before? It's like, no. Have you ever recorded a commercial before? No. Have you ever asked for money publicly in the middle of a pot? No. Have you ever? <laughs> it's like, there's absolutely nothing. It's like, there's nothing that we had done previously to give us any indication about how this might look at, you know, other than, well, we've done some stuff so far and it all seemed to work out pretty well. Why would this be any, di why would this be any different? Well, right. it was a little different. It was yeah. a little different. Well, and then, yeah, and, and that's when the self-judgment comes in and that's when the. Yeah. Uh, like, well, and at first I kind of felt like low key devastated. Like, <gasps> like I thought that I just had all these weaknesses by myself but that whenever i'm with you it just they they just magically evaporate yeah and that theory uh found one area where that's not true that gives me way too much credit for <laughs> <laughs> no it gives us a lot of credit yeah it gives us yeah it gives us way too much credit yeah. um, our powers combined we cannot make a commercial. Yeah, and you were saying, yeah, I mean, you were saying earlier, it's like, you know, I was doing perfectly, Paul, and, you know, Paul was doing great, and Sherry was like, oh, I kept screwing it up, I kept flubbing it, and it's like, I wasn't even paying attention to you. I was thinking about how much I was screwing it up while I was doing It's like, I wasn't even, <laughs> what? I wasn't even paying attention to you screwing it up. I was focused more on me screwing it up than, than what was going on there than anything yeah. else. We had, what, about 15 takes? <laughs> yeah, Um well, and we had just recorded the season six opener. Which you, that, listener, have probably just heard, right? Yes, which folks have just heard. And that took us like maybe two takes, maybe three. Yeah, I think it's a five minute. The, the total track is like five yeah. minutes long um, for the whole thing. And, you know, the season five opener, we, we weren't even together. Like, I just said some stuff and sent it to Paul. And then you said some stuff. and Yeah, just kind of jimmied it together opener. into a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But there was something about a commercial. Yeah, I wonder what it is. You know, part of it, you know, I, part of me, is, I just chalk it up to the, yeah, asking for stuff is, is yucky, but I know there's more to it than that. There's a deeper dive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do think the issue of money makes everything awkward. Yeah, that's a great place to start. <laughs> I think that's a great place to start. Like, um, what does money not make more awkward? Yeah, 
That's a great place to start. <laughs> that's a great. That's a great place to start. That's a great place to have in the middle. That's an excellent thing to wrap up. It's like money makes everything awkward. Yeah. Um, who are you to ask for money for something that you do? You know, um, it's always when when you take a job with for someone else, a company or whatever it is, and you know, how much does it pay? Am I getting paid each week or every other week? Am I blah blah blah? You know. Um, it's a very easy conversation to have um, mm-hmm. up right up until it comes to the economic negotiation part of it. If, you, if you're negotiating for a job, then it gets weird because mm-hmm. it's like, well, you don't want to go too high because you're going to come down, but then they're going to come up and how high are they willing to go? Oh, my God, this is a nightmare, you know. But um, regardless, you can get through it, though, because it's still somebody, you know, this is the job description and you're providing this stuff and they're going to give you this much money to do it. And the pay is going to magically hit your bank every two weeks or whatever it's going to be or however it works um, for everybody. And then you sort of move on, you know, when when it's like a different kind of thing, like supporting a podcast on Patreon or something like that is like. So what are we, what are we asking for here? And so it's like, what's the, what's the framing on this? And it's like, we're asking them to, to, to give us, you know? Um, Right. Yeah. Well, and I think that there's. It it didn't come down to anything nearly as simple as there's this job and this individual or this company is paying you and no, it works out. You know, it it got nuanced. Yeah. Well, I think that there's, so like the idea of negotiating, making a choice like how much like what does it look like to negotiate um the ask related to money i think is super awkward like just i don't know any occasions where it doesn't feel um un- uncomfortable right yeah. um which i guess is comfortable uh- <laughs> i don't know i'm, I'm liking the un- uncomfortable yeah <laughs> it's not uncomfortable Good. thank you um and i I think part of it is because there's a lot of shame sort of related to money on both ends, right? Mm -hmm. So part of it is like, I feel shame asking for money, right? But then if you don't ask for compensation for your work, then you you can also open yourself to shame from that end. Yeah. Right? And then who decides to support what cause? There's opportunities to feel shame for you know, how much support you're giving what. I remember when I was a kid, um, there was this church that we went to for a while. And every Sunday morning when we walked into the sanctuary and anywhere in this particular church that you went, you walked through the sanctuary first, Mm. even to get to like the fellowship hall or anything else. Um, And on the board to the left of the pulpit, um, and I think this is pretty common for a lot of churches, it indicated what last week's attendance was and what last week's giving was. What? Yeah, every wow. single week. Um, and I remember being right at the age where one learns, like, long division. Yeah. Um, so I remember sitting in the pew using the little pew pencil and the back of the offering envelope, ironies, <laughs> <laughs> to do the math to figure out, like, how much money... I, as a person who was in attendance, like, what was my share of the contribution, right? right? right, right. Because my parents would also give us these little envelopes to put in the offering plate. And what I worked out that day was I wasn't paying for my keep. Oh, my God. Shameful. Shameful. Uh, Yeah. I mean. Also, let's take a moment to acknowledge what a freaking nerd I was even at like 10 years old. 
Yeah, it was on task, though, for what church was asking for, though. So it's good. I mean, it's good. I mean, they, um, they wanted me to be thinking about this. Otherwise, why would they give me an offering envelope and a pencil and the numbers to work with? Yeah, but it seems so crass, you know. But at the same time, it's like, hey, these churches operate by gift, by donation. It's like, you're not if, if they don't ask, they're not going to get. Yeah. You know, that's... and they have an electric bill. They have, you know property tax or i don't know they have i mean presumably they're like compensating pastors and employees of the place i mean that money doesn't come from this <laughs> it doesn't it's from not the like heavens a, it, yeah it's like i was going to come up with something it's like it's not like manna from yeah. heavens that just sort of magically appears at one harvest and when it's satiated by yeah you know um the bill comes due for for churches as much as it comes due for anyone in any position exactly yeah um nadia bowles weber has this um anecdote in one of her books about like discussing like how to ask for uh money from the congregation and having a member of the church uh, suggest, I think it was suggesting t-shirts that say on the front, the shit ain't free. And then on the back, y'all bitches better tithe. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, right yeah. Right, I right. mean, it's not, it's not free. Um, and I think that that's where we were coming to like with, with the idea of even creating a commercial is acknowledging the fact that the work we do isn't, free as the work that no one does is free right right um and there's the stuff that is is easy to see that costs and i i'm I'm feeling like this upwelling within me to say this entire episode listeners is not like the commercial right this (laughs) this isn't like a pbs funding drive where you know we're gonna talk about you know this um or the week where the church uh preaches about like tithing the important part of tithing yeah um (laughs) Yeah, um, uh, it really is this conversation about like why is it so hard to do? Why is it so so weird to do that? And yeah. hopefully some gems come out of it that we can all sort of learn from. Um, but it's like so what are the, what are the what are the expenses here? What are we looking at here? So we got some equipment. We got a couple of annual subscriptions that make things easier on us. That uh, pesky little Podbean that literally houses everything that we do and makes it available to everyone uh, whom I love dearly. Uh, I mean, that, I mean, it isn't because a lot of it ain't free, you know, um, and all this little stuff, you can sort of piece together a little bit of expense on all of this and you can sort of, sort of see where, where this might rack up. I mean, then again, it's not like zillions that were, that we need to spend on this yet at the same time, isn't our, and I'm not using like our, yours and mine, but every kind of the inclusive everyone's isn't our time, energy, resources, experiences uh what we bring to it our own trainings our own histories our own anything isn't that can, can that isn't is there an economic yeah you know input input to that is as well you know it's like i mean going back to the the church example you know it's like they're not paying someone to stand up there and, and do communion they're they're literally you know, paying this like ordained minister of this of this thing who went through this training, who went through this, you know, life, who went through this spiritual awakening, who went through all of this kind of stuff. That on its own, right? I mean, is is um is asks for, you know, recompense, I think, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I think the reality that no matter what you do or what you love or what you do as your art or your creative expression, 
you do all of that within a society that is built within an economic structure. Yeah. And like, right. Right. you know, like we're not immune, like no one is immune to that. And so I think mm-hmm. one, it's like so weird. Like we all know that everything is economic and that we're sort of trapped within our own, the makings of our own economy. Right. And yet there's like this weird stigma about talking about it. Yeah. 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 It's like, Oh, don't ask what, don't ask right. what somebody else is. We makes, all know we're in know? the matrix, but don't point it out. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of times what I hear from some of my artist friends is, you know, they have the maybe, maybe the hardest time with, with all of this. It's like, if you are an independent artist making art, how do you, advertise you know how do you mm-hmm. ask for money for what you do and yeah. how do you and it's not it's not like how do i price things it's not is this 100 bucks or is this 200 bucks i mean it's not really that it's much it's not like coming up with what the value is it's it's a hurdle that precedes that it's it's this what is keeping me from actually asking for money for what i do in the first place mm-hmm and the, the you're absolutely right i think um we all know how this goes mm-hmm. in the united states you sort of need money to live <laughs> and buy things you know and it's like i don't think i'm saying anything here that anybody doesn't know but there is a lot of uh, we don't talk about how much we, we don't talk about how much each other makes um Although it's impl- we just it's, had that we, conversation yeah we just had that conversation on. it's um it's oftentimes I, you know, the the conspiracy theorist in me says, well, the the corporation just doesn't want us to know what we're making because some people are making more than others, and it will cause unrest if you know mm-hmm. people knew that they were making more. All of our injustices would be exposed if we all knew what each other was making, and then everybody would think that they need deserve to make more because blah blah blah, and yeah. it just has the potential to be messy. So that it's like you know what, nobody talk about this at all. Um, yeah. And so it's like this, it, it's not that they set up a system where it's like, you don't want to do it. It's like the system is set up to where it's like, it feels icky. You're left feeling icky mm-hmm. by doing it. It's like, there's, there's shame to be, to be had and talking about money. Um, nonprofit organizations, you know, a lot of people, when they start nonprofits, like, you mean I have to work for free? It's like, no, they can pay you. They just have to pay you market rate. Um, but you're you're living on donations and, and contracts with with mm-hmm. other, with other probably profit making or government, government mm-hmm. orga- organizations. Um, and a big part of that is fundraising. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's interesting because now that um, we're moving towards kind of different conditions related to the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, and you know, you and I have this LLC related to this most unbelievable life which we've predominantly done things through zoom. Mm -hmm. And now we have this opportunity to start um, planning and thinking about what events would look like in person, uh, which is probably less compelling to our listeners who don't live locally. Um, (laughs) But, But, you know, as we're starting to look at that and I'm starting to look at like, okay, so what does, you know, space rental look like? Yeah. Um, And it's fascinating. The number of, um, community uh regulations there are for mm. renting space uh if you're an llc versus if you're a nonprofit, and some right. folks won't even like if you're gonna charge 
uh, admission, they won't rent to you. Unless you're unless a you're nonprofit. Non- unless you're a nonprofit. Unless mm-hmm. you're a nonprofit. That's interesting. Yeah. So it's mm. um you know, and it's like I get that, right? Like but it's also um yeah, money navigating the money to be able to do work that you care about is yeah because it's, it's like it, it, it's easy to do it for work you don't care about you know it's like i need a million dollars to do <laughs> no problem whatsoever yeah it's it is i think when um when it is i, th- I think caring about it plays a big part of this it plays does, a big I part think. of this and it's like um i hear about this quite often in the in the in the mindfulness industry where you know the program that i was in actually did a little bit of work um around this in the in the modules it's like how do you and, you know, they don't say, like, how do you ask for money? It's more uh, kind of couched in terms of how do you make a living in this industry doing this? You know, and I know that massage therapists go through the same thing. You know, yoga teachers a lot of times have the same conversations. Yeah. It's like the the industry that is most in line with artistic creativity and in personal and spiritual growth, you know, tend to be the ones that where pay is low where the ask of you just got to hustle man is astronomically high um rent is never secure and um it communities form around how do we support each other in trying to learn how to how to do this in a way in a way that you can live off of it and so i mean you know and i see that as code is like no how do you how do you ask how do you get paid doing this how do you get paid doing this thing yeah yeah. I remember when, um, so my husband is, um, as you know, a wonderful photographer. Um, he did all the photography on our, our website, actually. Right, right. Um, for a low, low price. Um, <laughs> <laughs> friends and family discount. Right, friends and family discount. Um, but uh, I remember when he was doing photography as his uh, primary occupation, and he was doing a little bit of lifestyle photography and he ran into a problem that I think a lot of photographers run into where he um, had worked with some friends of ours and done like a family photo shoot um, did another family photo shoot and I think the third time he did uh, his prices had gone up and uh, one of the people like balked at this and was like why are the prices going up and it's such an interesting thing because we've had conversations with that with family with friends like when would you ever in a conversation with a friend not suggest that your friend should get like a cost of living adjustment raise, right. At their, at their place of business. Um, But for some reason, like the idea that a photographer might give himself or herself a cost of living raise or a raise as time and experience goes on. Um, there's this weird thing where it's like, um, you know, like you're supposed to give yourself to your community. Um, and if you don't, then you're not being like community oriented. Yeah, you're not community oriented. This is my livelihood. Yeah. yeah. It's an interesting, it's an interesting thing. Yeah. Um, and I think people would tell him like, oh, well, you can do it for the exposure. And it's like, well, exposure doesn't pay the bills. Right. <laughs> right. Um, and, you know, the I'm reminded now is like this week, uh, the Supreme Court ruled on the NCAA c- 
case, you know, and, and it's not that, you know, I mean, what, what defined NCAA college athletes with the, was that they were amateurs. What they made them amateurs is what they, is, is that they weren't paid. Yeah. And so they weren't paid because they were amateurs and they were amateurs because they weren't paid. So it's like the entire, despite the fact that colleges and universities are making hundreds of millions of dollars on the, you know, on the, on the performance of these, uh, athletes, Mm -hmm. um, who some, some of which are doing what they love because they love to do it with no aspiration other than that. Some of which, you know, are going to get drafted into whatever sport that it might be at the pro level and presumably reap the rewards then. Never mind potential outcomes here. These Mm -hmm. colleges and universities are making zillions of dollars in, TV contracts and advertising and merch and ticket sales and, and all of this on athletes that have to be amateurs. And what makes them af- av- amateurs is that you don't pay them. And because you don't, it's like, so this, this is the circularity. It's like, we can't pay them because then they wouldn't be amateurs. And then they weren't, you know. Um, yeah. And so I think that went overwhelmingly nine to zero against the NCAA. Because <laughs> it's like, think about this for a minute, you know. The, the whole, and it's like, I think, you know, the the ruling statement was, Something down the lines of, or like one of the one of the opinions offered was, it's like the entire industry is being paid on not paying someone. You know, it's like how can that possibly be? You know, I think the long and short of it is that I mean, you still can't necessarily pay them like astronomical as student athletes a lot of money, but it's like education related expenses and stipends are now fair game to yeah. the extent where these athletes can at least start negotiating a little bit between right. you know and setting the colleges against each other a little bit to to see what they can get out of it and justly deserved, I think. Right. But it's like why can't you know if if t- t- so far you know it's like if the if the athlete. They had, they had no position to ask for money. Mm-hmm. They couldn't do it. It's like, do you want to play or do you want to, or not? Or not? You know, and if right. you want to, if you want to play, then do it. Yeah. And if, if, but we're not going to pay you a dime. Well, in this idea of like, well, if this is what you want, like pay your dues and then yeah, blah, blah, right. blah, blah. You know, it's, it's the same kind of rhetoric that I often hear, you know, offered to um, folks with, you know, who have just earned master's degrees who want college level teaching positions, right? Mm -hmm. Like earn your dues adjunct for X amount of years and then blah, blah, blah. Um, And so, you know, (laughs) colleges and universities aren't just making money off the athletes. You know, they're making money off, you know, people who aren't actually amateurs who have gotten the degrees. Um, But we sell people on this idea that like, Oh, the experience is worth the exploitation. Right. Um, yeah. The coach is getting millions. The athletes are getting nothing, you know? So it's like, yeah. there are a lot of, there are a lot of people getting paid as a result of this. It's just not the people actually playing the game. Right. It's know? not that the college doesn't have money. It's that it's not distributed. It's not distributed, you know? Um, and you know, um, if you ever want to know where any institution puts its its values and what's important to it just see just take a look and see what it see what it funds you know see what it puts its own resources into um and you'll learn everything you need to know ugly good good bad or ugly Uh i think um that's always that's always pretty pretty interesting um yeah this whole notion of like you have to grind it out you know pay your dues you know 
and I think we have talked about this, but you know, those who came before us, they had to pay their dues and now it's your turn, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I'm just not interested in, in, in too much of, too much of that. Um, cause like if a system is broken and not working, why not just change it? Why not change the expectation there? Well, I think the question becomes like who benefits from this system? I mean, yeah, and that's right. like, you know, earlier, you know, um, this idea of like, well, why can't employees talk about how much money they make? Well, because the lack of transparency does benefit someone. Yeah, it absolutely does. It, it right? for sure does. And, um, yeah. Yeah. And I think these myths that we like the pay your dues, grind culture mythology, someone benefits from that also. Yeah. yeah. Um, there are two examples I can think of where states or organizations have taken it upon themselves to counter this a little bit. And one um, uh, was the University of California. I think it was the University of California. I don't think it was the whole state of California. Or it might have been like public or like state employees or state-funded mm-hmm. things in California. Um, when there was a new faculty hire, um, they had to, for at least one month, post um, the salary details on the on the office wall mm-hmm. um, to at least bring some transparency into it. And the other thing, it's like if you read through like LinkedIn, uh, like job uh, job listing. I mean, because there's a there's a little bit of a, a hubbub now going on where there's a little bit of pushback against companies and corporations who don't transparently post what the salary is yes. for a job. I mean, that's getting some, I think, well-deserved pushback. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just looking through some of these. No, I'm not looking for another job. Nova, you're fine. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, having signed my contract and submitted that yesterday, right. For, for the next year. Um, but if you read through some of those LinkedIn jobs, if there's like any possibility of the work being done in Colorado, it is like Colorado state law that the salary must be posted. So it's like, you know, salary commensurate with experience, except in Colorado where it's an expected starting at $124,000. So it's like, there's this always this little disclaimer for all Colorado jobs. It seems like on LinkedIn, it's like if, you know, Colorado law requires transparency and what what the expected expected salary for the position might be. Yeah, And good for them and good for them. yeah, I mean, I was discussing this with someone recently who is looking for a job. No, it's not me. Paul and I are very happy where we are, <laughs> right? Um, but so, you know, I was talking to somebody who is looking for a job and, you know, our conversation was just like, well, you know, it's a waste of time for everyone not telling what the salary is, yeah. right? Because, you know, it's, it's just such a, a guessing game. And so, like... You know, I don't know how many times like I've been part of hiring committees even where you might move through and then, you know, what the salary will be for the region in which we live. Um, And the sticker shock can cause a candidate to pull out. And it's like you've wasted all this time and resources on a search where if we all just knew what we were looking for, you know. In yeah. The yeah. Sometimes yeah. like what the salary is expected to be doesn't come up until third, third interview or something, you know? Right. If, and if I even, mean, if job even. seekers are encouraged not to bring it up in the first interview because then you might look like you're just looking for a job. <laughs> you're just, you're just, you're just like, yeah, you're just looking for a job for the money. Yeah. What? Which we all <laughs> should be, right? It's, it's kind of like one of the things, 
when I used to mentor part-time faculty um, and they would talk to me about how much time they would be spending on their classes, um, you would think that as their supervisor, I would be like, yes, spend more time. Give it your all. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually a really good proponent at this point of give it your sum. Yeah. Um, because one of the things is like, you know, you can work out how much you're being paid by hour. And any time that you decide, because teaching will take up as much time as you give it. Yeah. Um, like right. most jobs will take up as much time as you give it. Mm-hmm. So anything you give beyond your bare bones contractual obligation you can either think of that as a donation to the institution or a pay cut yeah those are your choices or c un- unpaid labor Unpa- yes. unpaid unpaid overtime yeah right so, yeah it's uh so it's not like which of those are you okay with yeah which one's the best for you, you yeah know? and you know and people can choose their own adventure on on which one of those they would like to like to choose if they find themselves being uh, accurately described by that by those statements um it it seems and we did talk about this before a couple of mm-hmm. times you know there are a fair number of people that choose amongst those options and don't like any of them tell you they don't like any of them and keep doing them you know and yeah. and so i mean there is this notion of what are you compensated for like honestly what do you what are you honestly compensated for and um the the best way to kill a podcast is to put it behind a paywall and make everybody pay, <laughs> pay for it so i think what i think a, a, an agreement that you and i have made dr spiegel is that you know we're going to do a podcast we're going to put it out there and we're going to do our best and people will listen yeah you know and you know when we off when we do workshops and and fancy stuff like that you know, we'll uh, we'll ask for a few bucks to to offset some of the mm-hmm. some of the overhead. Yeah, well, and I think we've talked about, and you know, this is starting to show up within our Patreon structure too. Is like the idea of having um, pay scales that allow for other people to be benefactors to others. Like some of our workshops, yeah. you know, we put a fair amount of blood sweat and not tears yet but we'll keep you posted well the the people who participate provide the tears we just do the we just do the blood and the sweat thank you if you've participated in a workshop stay tuned we have more coming coming up and we we love you yes yeah but i mean i think some of the tiered um scaled payments of those that we're thinking about part of that is so that we can you know be able to offer scholarships to what we do so we've had a couple of events where we've been allowed we've allowed ourselves to have folks come in um at reduced rates or you know with other um kinds of compensation kinds of setups Mm -hmm. uh, because we don't want the money to keep people from being part of the community but we also want to develop a community where we encourage a community that values themselves. And if we don't model that yeah, by right. valuing ourselves, we have a little bit of a a values issue, I think. Yeah, issue to put it to put it lightly. Um yeah. I, I really don't 
Matt, I don't. I have no idea how I could say it better than than you just did with that. Because I mean, I've I've seen this many, 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 many times in places where, um, it the the pricing structure of of an opportunity for personal or spiritual growth or whatever you might call it prices people out. Mm-hmm. Prices people out. You know, um, and if we want to have an organization here, never mind that we're not a nonprofit, you know, that is, is available to, to all where, you know, anyone can participate in it, you know, circumstances one way or another, we can sort of work something out, you know, um, I think is what is, what is required it. Cause you know, it's like, what are we going to do? You know, have a workshop that costs 400 bucks for four consecutive weeks that meets at two o'clock on, on Tuesday afternoon. It's like, who do you think you're going to get for this thing? You know, um, and it is people are priced out. People are timed out. People have jobs. People have kids. People have, you know, a million different things that can prevent them from participating in something that they could get a huge benefit out of. So I think, mm-hmm. I think you're right. We do have to not just, Hey, it's a good idea if we model good behavior and, and put things out there trying to do it in a way where people can participate should they need to, but to actually, you know, really do that in a, in a serious, mm-hmm. serious way. And, you know, we could ask you and I, you know, how do we do that? And I'll say, I have no idea, but you know, we're, we're working on a couple of ways where we can do that. Right. You know, and it's like, we're going to not do it perfectly and we're going to adjust and we're going to work it out and we'll see where it goes. Well, and so all of a sudden I just had this really interesting thought about why we struggled with our commercial and the landscape of this particular episode as a result. So, so far we've been thinking about how our commercial didn't go well. And uh, that was awkward to record. And it's interesting because all we were doing was asking for support. So I have two things to say on this. One, um, There is a previous episode of this podcast wherein we talked about one of the lies that Paul tells himself, which is that he's not supported in this world. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So all of a sudden it occurs to me, it's no accident that a thing where Paul is being made to ask for support might feel (laughs) outside of Paul's comfort zone. But two, um, what does supporting this podcast without a financial obligation what does supporting this podcast look like that's not related to money uh like what can folks do mm-hmm. um like and follow and share that's true like follow and share mm-hmm. you know if you if you if somebody out there digs it somebody else that you know might as well um the likes and the follows on whatever the podcast host is mm-hmm. um, can bump it up a little bit in some of the, some of the rankings um, yeah. and that can, that can help as well. Tell a friend, mm-hmm. tell a friend. I almost said buy some merch, but it's like, no, that's economics. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, that's, wear that's your not, merch that you've your already yeah, purchased. Wear, wear your merch. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, send us a, send us a holla. Right. Um, and tell uh-huh. us, tell us what you think. You know, we're always looking for good, ideas for what to talk about. We're always curious about what listeners yeah. uh, are thinking about for, for good ideas. Follow us on the socials. Mm-hmm. You know, that's part of the like, follow, share 
you know. I think I, so too. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about the podcast provider, but about also the sh- the socials. Yeah, I mean, I, I I really think that in some ways that's some of the most important support. In part because I think knowing who's listening is important mm-hmm. for us as we're we're continuing to move through. You know, I think that our listeners are hilarious to me. One of the reasons I think this, be, and I love our listeners, like every person who's told me that they listened to the podcast or reached out to us, like I love, I love oh, yeah. all of you. Yeah, yeah. But one thing that I think is really funny is the number of like completionist podcast listeners we have, hmm. right? So I have these conversations with people um, that are like, well... I know, like, I really like the podcast, but I'm still on episode 27, and one day I'll catch up. Um, And so, like, I guess I just want to say, like, one of the most helpful things that folks can do to support us is to let themselves off the hook and just grab a podcast and listen to whatever one they grab. Like, look, skip skip the 50s. It's fine. You know? Yeah. Like, you know, or, like who likes the 20s like we didn't like it as people we don't you know yeah who like that um because i think the most important thing that people can do to support us is to just keep listening and if people are trying to do it perfectly it's gonna stop them from actually listening right yeah yeah it is yeah it is and i think one of our more consistent messages that we give on this podcast is look you don't have to do it right the first time you don't have to do it at all you know you it's um but there's room here for exploration and and what what your way is because everybody's way of listening to a podcast is going to be completely different and mm-hmm. why wouldn't it be you know right. um everybody's way of doing everything is completely different why wouldn't your approach to you know how you uh how you access and take in podcast media be any mm-hmm. different any different from that and if there's an episode that is like, you know, I don't think there's anything in here for me. You know what? You might be right. There might not be mm-hmm. anything. There might not yeah. be anything in there for you. Great. Great. You know, uh, yeah. see, what, see what the next one is, you know. Um, but we do love feedback. Though. We do love hearing what folks are interested in and, mm-hmm. you know, good ideas for, for what uh, where folks are. Because that's uh, – we don't always – I feel like – oh, I should only speak for myself. I, I can't tell you what you're – What's your feeling? I don't know. You sometimes. might be able to. Let's find out. Yeah, let's find out. Um, it's what one thing that you and I have noticed is that it's, sometimes it's pretty difficult to know how much is enough information versus how much is too much versus how much mm-hmm. is not enough. So it's like, how deep of a dive do we need to go before people are saturated and shut down, or are they bored stupid? It's really hard to know that without right. feedback. It's really hard to know that without feedback. Yeah. Because um, it's like, how much is how much is enough? How much is how dense do people like, you know, and mm-hmm. it, it, I'm, I'm just going to say it at risk of redundancy. It's it's just really hard to know that. It is. It Self, is it's in a self-assessing way. Yeah. And it's one of these things where like, I think I'm genuinely curious about how people are listening. Um, in part, because I know how quirky I am as a listener. Like um, my favorite podcast right now, almost every episode is 11 minutes long. Mm. And it's one of the reasons I love it is because I can knock three of those out in a walk, right? right. Um, spoiler alert, dear listeners, you are not going to get 11-minute episodes from no, Paul probably and Sherry. Not. Probably not. <laughs> what would we even accomplish? Yeah, I don't know. We'd have to be talking real fast. 
which yeah. we can do, but you know, we'll play. We'll play. We recommend if you'd like a 11 minute podcast, please listen to us at 1.5 speed. Yeah, right, right. Um, I've never done that before. Some people do that. It's like they they ramp up the the speed on it. It's like I've never done that. I listen to all my audiobooks that way. Really, it's interesting. That's interesting. Um, except it depends on the the author. Like at one point, I was listening to Aziz Ansari's book. Mm-hmm. I cannot listen to him speed up, um, sped up. He is. Like it's overwhelming. Yeah, right. Um, Dense enough as it is without. Yeah, yeah, without yeah, yeah. increasing. Um, but there are a few people that I prefer to listen to on yeah. a higher speed. Yeah, I had this conversation once uh, with my own mentor um, about this. How do you make a living mm-hmm. in this industry? And it's like I don't think I brought it up quite as. Ex- explicitly but um she is fully supportive vocally so on getting comp- being compensated for the work of you know spiritual development and spiritual growth um to the extent where sometimes it's like you asked for money right like when you when you did the thing when you did the when you did the workshops like you asked for money right so it's like when you gave that when you gave that address or when you did that presentation they paid you, right? You know, so she, yeah, you know, she, she, she comes right out and, and and hits it, and you know the way that she sort of internalizes it for herself, and you know, and she'll be totally upfront if you ask her about this too. Um, you know, you you being supported financially or economically in what you do helps you do more of it. Mm-hmm. It lets you it lets you do more of it. You know, yeah. and. Just kind of circle back to something that you had said. One other thing that helps us do more of it is sort of is knowing who's out there and mm-hmm. is knowing, you know, what, what hits and what doesn't and is knowing, uh, you know, is anybody liking it? Is anybody sharing it or or, or whatever? Mm-hmm. So it, it's not like doing the like, share, um, follow, you know, as a means of support doesn't necessarily come with uh, a credit card number or a deposit in a, in a bank. It does encourage, I think, uh, you and me, Sherry, to mm-hmm. um, to know that we're doing something worth doing out here and, we, and maybe mm-hmm. folks are doing okay with it. Yeah. And I do know that we have listeners who are very good at that. Um, yeah, we do. You know, yeah, we yeah. have a few that will write to us and be like, I would like to share this with 95 of my friends. May I do so? Yeah. By all means, please. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's um, ultimately, I, I think I really like the work that we've started to do through Tmall. And I um, am really interested in just... Uh, expanding the table yeah yeah me too me too yeah so um i'm gonna ask you one more question here Uh oh normally i'm the question asker knowing knowing that neither you or i know the answer to this question (laughs) it's like yeah the the bar is low on this one so i don't know if there is one um it might just be walking between a couple of poles that should have a bar on it somewhere but don't um, if someone is curious, it's like, so how do we, cause I mean, it is the, I think it was the yuckiness of, you know, as talking about money, asking for money, asking for support, you know, letting people know that they can support us, whatever it is, does feel really kind of gross and yucky in, you know, asking for money just kind of feels gross. What's, 
And if if that is because it's like there's, you know, it's it's poor form, it's bad form to blah, 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 ask for this kind of stuff. What is to be done, right? So it's like, what is the work that, that we do to um, come out with it? You well, <laughs> I think that that's a good question. I think... I think that was part of our learning experience yesterday. Um, so we watched ourselves. I think. Hmm, let me start over with that. I do not like not automatically being very good at something. I hate mm. it. It's my least favorite thing. But I think walking through that yesterday um, helped me remember what it feels like to be a beginner at something. Mm-hmm. And maybe just being okay with letting the first times out the gate feel awkward, right? Like the image that kept coming to my head is um, I'm really into giraffes right now. Thank you. Nonviolent communication training. Um, So like if you've ever seen a giraffe take its first steps. Yeah. Right? Like, it's super awkward. It but felt it's also a lot kind like of adorable. That. It felt a lot like that. <laughs> yeah. So in the end, I think, like, once we stopped trying to be good at it, and we talked about how icky it felt, and how, like, am I mad at you? No. Are you frustrated with me? No. Okay. It just feels icky. Cool. So then we tried to record, like, just a commercial owning how terrible we are at commercials. And that wasn't bad. No, that was that was the best take. We might hear it during this podcast. Yeah. Um, might hear it during this one. So I don't know. I think maybe like with everything else, the first step is to just be like to acknowledge like, oh, what is going on here? What does this feel like? Yeah. What is moving through us? Why? Because um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's. That's like once you start doing mindfulness work, I think like this the cheap answer is that you can always just say, mm, presence, presence, awareness. Well, that, isn't that interesting? Isn't yeah. that curious? Huh? Notice how Noticing it feels. How I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, and how does it feel? Very, very not good. It feels very yeah. uncomfortable. <laughs> it was not un-uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm feeling a lot of self-doubt and a lot of, you know. Uh, isn't that isn't that interesting yeah that that was the best take it was like Mm -hmm. you know what and i think one of the one of the things that i noticed the first 15 takes uh, that were not good um was that i mean i listen to a lot of pod i've listened to a lot of podcasts you know and i mean that's not like i listen to a lot of podcasts so i know what i'm doing clearly we tested that yesterday and it did not work you know but um, I'm, a, I'm an avid podcast listener, you know, and I've heard this a million times, right? These breaks in the middle um, on how to support the podcast, you know, go check out the Patreon, right? right? Um, hit the merch shop, you know, join us for one of our workshops, like, share, or follow, right? And it's just so seamless. It's so smooth. It is so down. Um, these are clearly professionals at the, at the, if not at the peak, close to it, of their craft and art of doing this after 10 years of <laughs> after, after doing it, you know, well, here comes the judgment, you know? Um, yeah. And I, I think I was trying to do it um, 
just perfectly out of the gate, like I hear so often happens. And, you know, when I, I say that, you know, these people at the peak of their, of their, of their abilities and the arts and craft of this, you know, cause when you hear other people doing it, it doesn't sound like, it, it sounds like it ain't no thing, mm-hmm. you know, just like eh, rolls right in, rolls right out. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. This podcast is sponsored by Clorox Bleach. It is not. And uh, if you'd like to support us, check out the Patreon. You know, it's it's just so smooth. And it's like I was trying to do that. And it's like this isn't working because – and I think what, what you and I sort of came to is like that is not just the way that you and I have done things so far. It's – yeah. Know? It's like we were winging it, but I was trying to do it like somebody else. And you were – I don't know – what was it? Drafting it a little bit, you know, <laughs> experiencing that you weren't perfect is something the first time, which you hate, which you hate, you know, and then we both started to get all this self-doubt that started to fill us up and it did not go uphill from there. Right. Well, it was like this, you know, it's this weird thing. Like for a couple of years now, I have felt like, ah, like Paul and I are so natural together. It's like we finish each other's sentences yesterday. We did not. We did not. Yeah. We didn't start each other's. We didn't finish each other's sentences. We didn't, we didn't even finish our own middle. sentences. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I was saying, it's like, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't blaming you. I could barely, I was still blaming myself. You know, it's like, I didn't even get to you yet. You know, it's like, <laughs> you're on the back burner. I got more present problems to, to deal with. And yeah, you I watched you at one point closing your eyes while you were talking. And I was like, oh, no, he's like. Yeah, for like, some reason, no, for some end. reason that made it easier, and I don't know why. You know, yeah. it's like I don't know if I was trying to channel some inner thing. It's like, but it was like, yeah, for some reason, like doing with my eyes closed was just a lot. Uh, well, clearly, it wasn't that much easier because it was still lousy, but it it somehow maybe it just made it less painful. Yeah, it's like when the same reason I closed my eyes when I'm at the dentist. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It had nothing to do with you, you know. It had nothing to do with you. It's not because I don't like the, you know, looking at the dentist, you know. It it, uh, it was just like yeah. for some reason I'm able to put well, myself were, in a, another realm of being. I don't know. Maybe I was there just was trying a to moment have an where I just experience. like laughed for like probably about thirty seconds longer yeah. than Paul was comfortable with. Yeah. Um, but I just couldn't stop. It's got the giggles, because yeah, got it the was giggles. like, um, and I think that's my coping mechanism. Um, you know, and this is why I tell a lot of jokes at the dentist, right? Like, um, yeah, boy. And I did, like, I did, I mean, and this is the postmortem of, you know, what what could we have, what, what probably was a bad idea at the time. It's like, I totally sprung it. Hey, Sherry, let's record a commercial, you know? You're like, oh, okay. And I'm like, and go, you know? It's like, what are we doing here? Well, so there was, there was like, there really was like zero prep work. And, you know, I'd been thinking about it for a little bit, but it was totally out of the, out of the blue for you. It was totally came as a surprise. It was. That and might I not think, have been the kindest thing for me to do either, though. I think we broke one of our, like, I don't know if we've stated this rule directly, but like, uh, we had started talking at like 10. We had some catch up work to do. So yeah, this right. new idea came, um, like let's 12. say after the the like feeding hour yeah and after like, the lunching time yeah. okay paul and sherry are hungry now let's try something new yeah it's like ooh, i hear the i hear the lunch bell let's try to do something really really quickly that we'd never done before you know? right and i had another meeting after and it was funny because like the first couple of minutes of that meeting was just like yeah so i just failed with my other collaborators so yeah, that was yeah. great <laughs> so far we're so far we're batting zero what do you got yeah what do you got oh uh, but 
you know, I also, I think one of the things I appreciated about that is I've been spending a lot of time thinking about how, you know, all kinds of conflict that happens between people ultimately bubbles up because we're all trying to get our needs met. And when those Mm -hmm. needs aren't met, weird things can happen. Yeah, Um, right. And so I think part of the beauty is that you and I were enough of in the same place to where we knew what we needed to do was be with our own discomfort, not project that discomfort at either one of us. Yeah. And we, right. and we did that. I think we did that very well. I think we did that we did too. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But it was like, it was out of the blue for me. Cause like, wow, that is uncomfortable. What is going on here? You know, yeah. it was, it was as fascinating as it was uncomfortable, <laughs> uncomfortable. Cause like, wow. Right. And then we were like, wow. are you okay? What's I'm okay. Are you okay? I'm just worried if you're okay. I'm just worried if you're okay. You're all right? Because that was a rough one. Yeah. Yeah, that was curious. Yeah. So then like two hours later, I called you like, hey, remember that time we did that thing? Yeah, yeah. That could have gone better. But (laughs) But it's like in hindsight, it's like, what made us think that this was going to go well and easily? (laughs) Easily. It's like we followed none of the rules of good behavior in trying to do this successfully out of the gate. Yeah. You know, but. Uh, So. Podcasts are one thing. Commercials are another. Yeah. Was it just that we weren't warmed up? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. You know, I mean, I, I can, it's like when you you and I, we both suffer from the occasional migraine. It's like, in hindsight, it makes perfect sense that that happened when it did. You know, usually, oh, yeah. you know, it's like, it makes perfect sense that that happened when it did. At the time, it's like, oh, migraine, what's going on? Why do I have a migraine? Now, now, and in hindsight, it's like, well, I can list off like 15 things, right? That were queuing that up. Yeah. Stressed, dehydrated, you know, not eating well, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's funny how <laughs> we we can go through these phases where um, it's like we forget our own humanity yeah, and the things right. that like, like this being, this this container that we dwell within, like you have to take care of it. And if you don't, yeah. the same shit will happen over and over again. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's like sometimes when we move up, you know, the to the top top upper parts of, of Maslow hierarchy. It's like you completely abandon the lower ones, you know, absolutely. It's like, mm-hmm. wow, now that I have my, my physiological needs are met and I can move up to the next level, which means I no longer have to worry about those pesky physiological needs. <laughs> yeah. It's like, ah, great. Now I am, I am not only am I well fed and well rested, but I also have safety. And now I'm moving on to, to a sense of love and wonder now I no longer have to worry about that pesky safety and <laughs> and, and physiological needs. And it's like, no, I don't yeah, think it works that way. You know, I think the upper yeah. levels, you know, can only are only as secure as the lower ones. You know, yeah. um, if you want to know how how secure your next level is, look at the look at the one before it. You know, right. and and to find out about that one, look at the one before it. Yeah, I mean that's the thing about. Yeah, we always circle back. It's I mean that's why, you know, our brains are so complex, because we still need to keep all of the parts of our brain online, right? Like, yeah, it's not just like, oh, we've figured out survival. Now all we need is belonging. No, no, no. Human. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. You know, you um, if I'm hungry and you eat a sandwich, I'm still hungry, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it kind of goes back to that um, pretty pretty easily. And what does this, does this mean you need to spend most of your time on physiological needs and angsting about that? No, I mean, the objective is not to give people another thing to be anxious about. Um, I think the, those lower down things, however, are to be done with 
serious intention. Yeah. Um, yeah. Serious intention. And that comes out of me, especially when I talk to students, you know, who seem to be struggling or, you know, feeling some anxiety. Go the hell to bed. Just go to mm-hmm. bed. Just go to bed. You know, and I, I sometimes I hear nine reasons why they just can't. And it's like, can you help me do well in college and study for this exam I'm stressed out about? And it's like, yeah, go to bed. It's like, but I can't. I'm studying. It's like, I can't help you. Yeah. I can't help you. Yeah. You know, this... it, the, the abandonment of the lower levels for the, for the next one up. Yeah. You know, it can't work that way. There's this kind of, uh, I think it's like a Twitter post or something going around uh, the internets right now. Um, well said, Sherry. Well the, the, said. The, the webs. Um, yeah. But it's basically like this reference to like, it's, it's like a reminder of, uh, I think it's the story of Elijah that's like, least you forget like what he was literally given was like food and told to take a nap like that's how god dealt with him right like it's oh you know humans across time lots of humans what they really need is some food and a nap yeah you know was it uh two two fish and five loaves or whatever you know and it's like most of those miracles were like let's make more food we're running yeah. out of we're running out of booze at this wedding. We can't have that, you know. Um, let's yeah. get this manna from him, you know. Um, yeah. It's like let's care for people's physiological. That's how you know you're loved, right? Is when your physiological needs are addressed by yeah. self or other. Right. Right. You know. Yeah. So. I mean, when we're out on a first date, we don't just sit there and longing and looking to each other's eyes, you know, and say all the things that are great about them. We go out and get some to eat, you know. I mean. It, oh yeah. Yeah. Or you go to a movie so you, you don't to... have to look at each other at yeah. all. <laughs> that can come later. Let's see if we laugh at the same jokes. Then we'll figure then out if we'll I want to have a meal with you. Compatibility index. Yeah, getting paid is weird. You know, um, asking for support is weird. Any kind of support. Acting for economic support is takes the strangeness of asking for support and adds further awkwardness into it. Um, it's not easy to do. And mm-hmm. I, we have about 15 minutes worth of takes that we may or may not release to people for their entertainment, uh, exclusively entertainment. A little um, Freud. Yeah. That, that evidence, the fact that, you know, we are imperfect people doing it, doing things as best we can, including yeah. that. So. Yeah. If you think we've got all this figured out, please listen, listen, listen. How, yeah, listen like, to some of those. My favorite moment, I think, was like at one point you were like on one take, you were like, Sherry, would you like to tell them what they get from signing up on Patreon? And I was like, I do not know. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I put your memory on on on, uh, on notice. Yeah. What, you don't remember that from three months ago when we we talked about it? Talked like, about. Yeah. It's, <sighs> at some point I was like, you know, I. I think that there are several people who'd be really good at articulating what they get from our Patreon, and it's not us. It's not <laughs> us, yeah. Um, which can do is go to the Patreon and look. You know, yeah. Yeah, that would work. Right. Easily yeah. navigate too. I think yeah. the links are in all the show notes for all that stuff. That's We've been doing that. That's yeah, a thing. Yeah, the links are in the show notes. And may we continue to do it. Next week, episode 72. <laughs> 72 72 yeah it's gonna be great it will be awesome cool let's let these fine people get to it 
Yes, it was lovely recording a podcast with you, Paul, as always. As always. Have a great night, Sherry. You too. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. This podcast is produced by Sherry Spiegel, Paul Fitzgerald, and This Most Unbelievable Life. For more information, please check us out at www.thismostunbelievablelife.com. Paul and Sherry have a Paul podcast. Paul podcast, yes. 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 Cool.